just impressive that depth, though, isn't it? You have Aaron Rodgers. Stop. And a deep line. Put Nick Mullins in for that fucking game. Switch the quarterbacks. The score's flipped. Nick Mullins would be our fourth string. I'm just saying. Put Nick Mullins in for you guys and Aaron Rodgers for the 49ers. That score's flipped. Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) No, Packers have a more talented roster. Yeah, because the whole 49ers roster's out. Well, we had a bunch of guys out, too. You're acting like the Packers are this healthy team. They're missing Bakhtiari. You throw that in there. They're missing the right tackle. They're missing Kevin King, the starting cornerback. Kamal Martin, their inside linebacker. All of their running backs outside of a hobbled Aaron Jones. A hobbled Aaron Jones. Give me a break. Then both of the Smiths are playing through an injury. But you have Aaron Rodgers. Done deal. Yeah, the greatest quarterback of all time. (sighs) Not disagreeing. We are live November 5th. It's late. It's directly after the Packers 49ers Thursday night game. COVID all around, as are we. Um, it's me, Nate. It's Sweeps. Howdy. And it's the GOAT, Stevens. What's up? So we're just here real quick for a reaction on the Packers 49ers game. There is not too much really that I guess we didn't already know or could really say that we didn't expect to happen. The Packers handled the game. It was never really in doubt. So there's not too much from a what could the Packers have done better-wise. They're in charge. They're up by multiple scores the entire game to where they're going to play a little off on defense, which, you know, didn't look perfect. But when you're up that much um, early in the game and late through the game, there's not too much you're going to change. You just want to keep the ball in front of you, not give up the big play. So there's really not too much from that standpoint defensively-wise that we can make a big, at least in my opinion, I don't know if these guys have to say, at least a big opinion of change within these last two weeks between this Vikers, this Vikings and 49ers game. So, Sweeps, what are your main points you like to touch on, if anything, that you really saw from the Packers this game? Um, I didn't really watch much of the game. Honestly, it was kind of boring, but uh... – I expected the Packers to pretty much blow out the 49ers, but you never really know with what happened with that disaster last week against the Vikings. So I was just looking how their their defense, their run D, was going to hold up tonight, really. Stevens, any uh, comments on well, what Sweeps just had to say and or the game in general? Well, I thought the offense looked good again. I mean, I feel like I'm getting used to saying that every week now. Uh, Devontae, same old, same old, just absolutely dominant. Rodgers looked good as well. Um, run game, you know, looked all right. Uh, just Jones out there really had to use a lot of him. I didn't like how much, how, much, how many times he was getting hit in this game. A few times, though, he was close to breaking one and breaking a long run, so – uh, he was right there for Jones. Irvin looked all right as the backup running back tonight. Uh, nothing too special. It's not really his game. And then uh, that's about it for the offense. Other than MVS, MVS had two big touchdowns. After that first drop he had, I was calling for him to be pulled off the field, and then he made me eat my words pretty quickly there. 
So it's good to see him making some big plays. Hopefully that means he'll turn a corner now here. Yeah, from my standpoint, really, there wasn't too much new information you could gather from this game. I mean, the Vi- uh, the 49ers, sorry, not the Vikings, the 49ers were just limping into this game. Their season, you got to have to imagine, is just about over. Obviously, they still have you know half their season left, but they've got about no one left. Um, just, at that point, you've got a great you got a great offense coordinator, you got a great schemer, <laughs> but at that point, there's not that much you can do with guys you're just piecing together pretty much out of nowhere off a, or a practice squad or claiming off waivers, uh, things like that. So there's not too much you can really expect from that team. So who knows what the 49ers are going to be like from here on out? But from a Packers standpoint. In my opinion, there's not too much you can really gather just playing a team like that and the talent that you're facing against. I mean, obviously you're expecting, at least I have to imagine, all Packer fans are expecting their team to be Super Bowl competitors. So there's really nothing you can expect from that game to gather uh, down the road-wise. But in my opinion, just a couple things that I just I feel a little weird still are just on fourth and short type of plays where I don't, I mean, I'm not in the practices. I'm not in the offensive huddle, but we've got fourth and shorts, fourth and inches, fourth. We have to get a fraction of a yard to where it just feels weird that we've got to go shotgun to pick up um, a tiny fraction of a yard. We've got a great, we have to pick out a great play from our scheme to do this. It just feels like we should be able to hammer that home just run up the guts, get that small amount of yardage, and save those great plays that we are running out of these fourth and shorts for later in the game type of situation. Um, another thing I just uh, have to say, just on defense, I have to imagine um, other people are probably thinking, obviously I can't think of them also, but just third and medium to longs, we're playing so far, our DBs are playing so far behind the sticks where it doesn't matter if it's man or zone, unless they're zone or the flats, which it never has been, never seems like it is. Um, it doesn't make any sense why we're playing so far off where these guys can just run simple hitches to the sticks and they're guaranteed a first down. I don't, that part doesn't understand me. It doesn't make any sense why. Because at that point, no one's even covering the flats on those plays. Either we don't have a linebacker. We don't have outside linebackers running to the flats. And we're just playing deep thirds with our corners in those situations. And we're just giving – I mean, I don't know if you guys can say something, if you do see something different. But what I've seen, I don't see anything that makes sense why we're just playing the outer thirds of the field so far off and just essentially giving these guys, hey, all you got to do is run a quick little uh, quick little hitch here for six, seven yards, and you got the first down. So I don't know if you guys have any comments well, you on think those so- two things. Those are just my two little quick hitters and things I don't understand, which the, the fourth and short plays have been working that aren't the runs up the middle. But what I'm just saying is save those plays because those plays have been working. They've been good. Save those for a more opportune situation. But the third medium, third and long plays where we're just playing so far off or playing behind the sticks, which it, to me, that doesn't make any sense, especially when no one's even covering the flats anyway. We're just giving them that entire area of the field. Yeah, while we're on the topic of play calling, uh, I'd like to bring up something I noticed from past games is when the Packers pass it on first down and they 
throw an incomplete pass and get second and ten. They run it on second and ten every single time. I noticed it last week against the Vikings. And I counted every single time on second and ten. They went for it, or then not they went for it. They uh they ran the ball, and today it was they had less second and tens, but same thing. They ran it every single time to the point where it's so predictable. So that's something they're probably going to have to adjust there because you can't be that that predictable to a defense. It's just not going to work out. The schemes for the offensive run plays. They did look pretty good today. It did look like the O-line was parting the Red Sea right there. A lot of those plays, they did look good. But in weeks past, yeah, I for sure agree where we're just we're just running into a brick wall because the defense are expecting us to run these second and longs, these second and ten type situations. But today it looked a lot better. Um, but we'll see how that plays out in the future. But sweeps from the game, the, the portion of the game that you did watch, is there anything that, I guess, out of the ordinary – did you see anything that you didn't expect to happen? You already said you're expecting the Packers to win handily, but is there anything, I guess, outside of that specifically that you saw that maybe raised a little eyebrow? I, going into the game, I was trying to focus on MVS and how that was going to go, and we all saw the, the drop at the beginning, but he did rebound pretty nicely with those two touchdowns. Um, for, a question for you guys is, what's the your opinion on MVS going forward throughout the year? And also, we can touch on the Will Fuller situation at the, tread, the deadline, if you guys well, would like to touch on that as well. I'd like to talk on MVS because, you know, for a while I've been an MVS fan, a supporter for a few years now. I, I really think he has all the ability to be, a big, uh, be a, an effective receiver in this league. And just this year, he just hasn't taken that next step that I expected and a lot of people expected. You know, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the talent, but he just seems to get in his own way. And he makes mistakes like big drops when he's wide open at key key moments in a football game. And, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to look more towards guys like Malik Taylor, who's the uh, undrafted uh, rookie they've got that they signed. He's the guy they let Kumaro go for. Because anytime they put the ball in Malik Taylor's hands, he answers the bell and does something good. So let's let's keep an eye on him because he might start stealing reps away from either EQ or MVS if they if they don't start getting more consistent. Yeah, for me answering that question, I mean the trade deadline's passed, so this is the roster we're riding with. It doesn't matter. I mean, we can't do anything else at this point. Uh, it's unlikely anyone we claim or were to claim potentially off waivers is going to make a difference. But, I mean, uh, MVS, he's got the speed. We've seen that through multiple games. But I have to agree with Goat. He just gets in his own way sometimes. He turns his head up the field before he you know, squeezes the ball and tucks it away. We've seen him drop passes like that multiple times this season. But he's got the speed. And, you know, he can get open. Um, when I say get open, that's mainly, I suppose, LaFleur does a good job of scheming him open more than MVS on his own occasion creates the space himself. I think that's more LaFleur um, getting him open. And he's just got to capitalize off. I think LaFleur is good enough and MVS are both good enough to where they should be making plays. And he's good enough to make this happen. 
And the Will Fuller thing, I mean, it's obviously over with. Uh, I mean. Yeah, and uh, the trade deadline, I'd like to actually get into that before we talk a little more, maybe about defense. But um, everyone is knocking on the Packers for not going out and getting a receiver. And I get it, you know. I, I wouldn't have minded them adding someone like Fuller. But what it comes down to with this with this offense, it's not necessarily about the receivers. Everyone gets infatuated with looking at depth charts and looking at the receiver depth. It's not really about that for the Packers offense. It's about uh, the five eligibles, you know, whether those are receivers, whether the tight ends, or whether they're running backs. They have weapons in other spots outside a wide receiver that can make a play with the ball in their hands and guys that can be used in the receiving game. So it's not like the McCarthy days where they're using three and four receivers on almost every play. They're using two tight ends. They're using two running backs more than any other team in football. So really they're using receivers less than everybody else. So it's not as important as it once was. So it's getting kind of tiring hearing the same thing about the receivers. Yes, they could have used another one, but that's not that's not the way this offense was meant to be built. And there's a reason – that they haven't gone far out of their way to add to the receiver depth. Just to touch on that, um, what's your opinion on the tight ends play so far throughout the eight or so games we've been, well, been through? Well, I I've been a big fan of Sternberger and Tanyan now. Seems like for over a year. Um, I think they've been a nice, pleasant surprise. I wanted them to, especially Tanyan. I wanted to get on the field more last year over Graham. Um, I'm not going to get into Graham right now, but I re- really love the way Tunyon's been playing. He's a good blocker, and he's really taken a step in receiving. Uh, as for Sternberger, uh, he hasn't been quite as consistent. When he got COVID right before the season started, that seemed to set him back as Tunyon kind of took over the starting role. So Sternberger kind of fell to third or fourth, you know, with Lewis and DeGuara in there too. But Sternberger's slowly coming along now, and he's starting to get more opportunities. And, I mean, there wasn't much tonight for him. But, yeah, he, he showed, showed glimpses. And I think – I really think Tunyon and Sternberger are going to be a fun and scary duo for opposing defenses. I'm really looking forward to them developing over the year. Oh, and then I'll have to mention Mercedes Lewis real quick, the big dog. He is just a monster. It's like having another lineman on the field and he's blocking. And when he broke out for that pass, no one on that defense saw it coming because that's not what he's there to do. But got to give love to the big dog out there. Yeah, that's where Mercedes is bread and butter throughout his whole entire NFL career. Um, the only issue I've got with the tight ends is how Robert Tunyon has led us astray his entire NFL career by letting us – incorrectly pronounce his name for this long. I don't know how he let that slide. It's like the Stephen Hauschkin where his first name was spelled incorrectly but he didn't say anything. To me, I don't know. Would you want Would you want me to pronounce time? Tyler Steffens, uh, Mason Malik, Mason Mallet, who knows? Why would you want someone to pronounce your name that wrong the whole time? That's been my biggest issue with tight ends. But on a serious note, they've been playing fine. I think the offense is going to be fine. I think LaFleur is good enough. The offensive line is good enough for these plays to develop. Yeah, would it have been nice if we could have picked up a piece on the offensive side of the ball and trade deadline? Yes, of course, obviously. We want to get as much talent as possible. But if the price isn't right, 
And from what sources are saying, the the Packers weren't going to budge on what the Texans asking price was. So, I mean, at that point, I think there's nothing else you can really do with the offense. I mean, it, was, it sucks that Bill Bryan got fired maybe a month early to where the Texans would have just been handing out players for free for whatever draft picks they would just take. But that's, I mean, yeah, that's I don't know, pretty often inside of ball. That's fine. And Montrevious Adams, I know that's a big go guy, but he's been huge um, just on the defensive side of the ball, stopping the run um, throughout the entire game, throughout the second half too. As long as those guys can stay healthy, then that's just huge from a standpoint of, man, maybe we should have uh, shored up the defense a little bit. But if those guys can keep performing, and if these guys can stay off the COVID list, then I don't know. Yeah, it was nice to see uh, Montrevis Adams getting some more uh, snaps tonight. Uh, he really has gotten kind of phased out the last few weeks out of the rotation, and I honestly did not understand it at all. Like I was saying the other day on uh, our other uh, on our previous podcast, you know, he's been our second best run stopping defensive lineman, and there's no reason for him not to be getting more snaps. So, you know, it's good to see him on the field today. He's very effective. And then another defensive lineman I'd like to talk about is Kingsley Kiki. He's starting to show some more glimpses of what kind of what, what he can be in the pass rush game. So, you know, he, he could be another another big time, you know, on more passing downs. He could be someone to rotate back in and create some pressure with that quick, elusive move he had. He showed off a few times tonight to create some pressure from the inside. It was fun to watch. Sweeps, do you have any other comments or questions to ask um, the goat and myself about this game? Um, I I did notice that Jair went out there. Wasn't that a concussion, possibly? Yeah, that's what they were saying. It was a is a concussion, you know, he's getting tested for a concussion. That could be a huge loss if he ends up going down for any extended period of time. Uh, you know, Josh Jackson has really stepped up uh, for the loss of Kevin King. So we would, we should be getting King back next week, even if Jair isn't back. So I really don't feel too bad going with Jackson and King could do a lot worse, especially if the safety start playing better. Because I'll tell you one player who had played a nice game tonight, it was Darnell Savage. He has been invisible all season, and he really looked impactful tonight. Almost had a pick six. If he catches that ball, he's probably scoring. But he was stepping up, making plays. He was more around the ball. What, what I was calling for last week was him not playing 20 yards off the ball, playing center field out there in the deep drops. I wanted him more up in the play so he can make plays. That's what he's that's what he was drafted for. And he that's where he was tonight. That's where Petten put him and he was making plays. You know, it wasn't it wasn't he wasn't great, but he started to look like he's moving back in the right direction here. So it was good to see from the young safety. I'm curious to see how him and Amos will be, you know, over the next few weeks. One thing that I've just kind of noticed, um, I don't have the stats to back this up. It will have to be something I look into. But I'm curious to find out these numbers. But it just feels like this year, DB, specifically the corners, have been more handsy 
with wide receivers, and that's throughout the league. It's not just a opponents playing the Packers. It just seems like it's been trending up throughout the league of corners um, trying to get away with as much as they can with their hands playing on the ball, and you know, they're getting away with it a lot. Um, in their hands, in more times than not, it's for sure worth it. The one time that they maybe get called, the four or five times it doesn't get called beforehand makes up for it. But the hands on the jerseys, um, on the wrist, kind of pulling it back to try to force the receiver to maybe use try a one hand catch, and the refs aren't seeing it because they're pretty deceptive with it. I mean, they've been doing a good job of getting away with those calls, and it's so bang bang, it's so quick that the refs really don't see it. But I like to try to dig in some more information on that and see. Well, one one interesting thing to go along with that point is, you know, the biggest issue with Josh Jackson and why he wasn't getting uh, playing time the past few years is because he was too handsy and kept getting penalties called on him. And it seems like the penalties have, you know, they haven't been calling him quite as much this year on that. And look who's kind of taken the next step, Josh Jackson. I mean, is that – is that correlation there? I'm not so sure, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me because that's always been his issue. And he's start starting to play good, and he's not getting too many penalty called called on him like you know last year and the year before. Yeah, it is something I have to dig deeper into the the stats if that if they even have stats on that. I mean, they got advanced stats for it seems like just about everything these days. But yeah, I have noticed an uptick just in the hands on the offensive player. Um, by DBs this season. So that'd be something interesting to keep an eye on looking forward. But sweeps, uh, go with you guys. Any other last comments on the Packers 49ers game tonight? Yeah. Um, ever, you know, the big question going into this game was the Packers run defense. And if you look at the numbers, they didn't give up a lot uh, r- running the ball. But um not to sound too negative, but I really don't think that has a lot to do with the Packers' run defense. They got up early. In the second quarter, they are up 14-3, to and it seems like the 49ers kind of stopped running the ball. They got a little too pass-happy, and that really helped the Packers because they weren't really stopping the run that well. Um, and that really kind of allowed the Packers to pull away but the run defense still has issues, and it's still a concern going forward. This doesn't change anything. I didn't think it was. It looked that much better. It looked a little better tonight. I don't think it was a night and day difference from what we've seen, though. Sweeps, any final comments from you on this Packers game tonight? Since we are at the halfway point for the Packers season, um, what do you guys think in terms of grades? Of do you give the offense, defense, and then coaching? If you guys want to give a grade for each, real quick. Um, for offense, I think anything less than an A. If that's what you mean, like a letter grade type of thing. Yeah, letter grade. Uh, yeah, I think you got to give the offense an A. I wouldn't go quite the A plus, but I'll give it. I'll give it a solid A. And then the defense. Defense has been disappointing. Uh, there's too much talent on this defense for it to be playing the way it has been. I'm going to give it uh, – I'm torn between C- minus and D+. Plus. I'm going to go C- minus because uh, – actually, I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll stick with C-. minus. I think it could – It sh- there's no reason it should be much better than it is. And coaching, 
I think LaFleur's done a good job. Um, but the staff as a whole, you know, with Patton's struggles, overall give the coaching a B minus. Patton dragging it down, I think, a little bit. So me, uh, I've got to go with the coaching first, just because that's an overall, you know, the coaches, the coaching staff bases off how the team's going to play pretty much regardless of that talent for the most part. So I'm going to have to go with them first, and that's kind of that might skew the offense and defensive grades that I give out. So, yeah, I think the floor and the offense as holds look pretty good. I think the team himself is going to bring down the overall coaching. But i got to bring in special teams quick. Special teams minus that block punt last week has looked good. I don't, Crosby hasn't missed yet in the season. Um, you know, the, kick, uh, the kickoff team has done good in I'm getting down the field, not letting anything too far down return-wise. So special teams look pretty nice. Minus the one um, big block punt last week. So I'll give the special teams a B plus just because, you know, I don't think – I mean, my, me personally, block punts should never happen. There's really no reason that should ever happen to you. So I'll give the special teams a B plus just for that one little scar right there. Um, so that's pretty – it's all right. Obviously, we're in for improvement, B plus. Offense, uh, Stevens, you – said maybe you can't give it less than an A. I was thinking why you're saying that between the B plus and A minus range. So you know, you know, every system's got different grading scales. So I'm just gonna go with for the sake of I don't know for the argument, we'll go A minus with that. I think the offense can still click on better cylinders. You know, MVS still has drops. St. Brown still has drops. Obviously we have health issues. The O lines look fantastic. But I still think there's for sure room for improvement. And it has looked very, very good. But I'm going to go with an A- minus for offense. Now, defense, I agree with you, Goat. The talent on defense, I think, is good enough. But the issue is, will they be in good enough position to make these plays down the stretch in the playoffs um, later towards the season where we're playing for these buys or just, you know, towards the end of the season playing for the division title or whatever it might come down to. So defense right now, what'd you get? What'd you give him? A C plus? I gave him a C minus. Ooh, a C minus. That's pretty that's pretty fair. I was thinking just probably like a C itself. I'm not gonna go down to that D range because to me a D's pretty D's kind of failing. I don't think it's failed yet. They've got us to a point where six and two. Uh C yeah, C minus C. I think that's actually pretty fair. Um I think the defense is good enough. That's going to raise it a little bit. So I'm not going to say minus. I'm going to say C right now. But the main thing still me. This might not. This might not make sense. But if the defense keeps playing at the level it currently has been, I think the grade goes down. If that makes sense, like I, I'm leaving it in the C range, as like an idea that they we expect them to improve as the season goes. Like, if they keep playing like this, then I'd make my grade, I think, in the D range. No, that makes if that sense. that even makes yeah, sense, it probably from. doesn't. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, I guess the talent is above average. The defensive coaching talent is below average. And with that, I'll have them meet in the middle as defense as a whole at average, which I'll give out a C grade for. So I think there's still a ton of room for improvement um, for you know, the offensive, defense, and coaching staff as a whole. 
Um, that's just me right now. Uh, the sweeps. What, what did you think as a not Packers fan? Just kind of shouting them out, I guess. Where would you rank? Where would you grade Professor Sweeps, this offense, defense, and coaching staff? If you don't want to toss in special teams, what would you rate this as right now? Yeah, I think the offense is around like A minus and basically carrying a lot of the team. But defense, mm, that's rough. I'd probably give it a C minus or a D plus right around that range. I think the defense could potentially be the Packers' downfall at the end of the year. But in terms of coaching, I do agree Patton has been underwhelming. And so you probably have to give it somewhere around a C for coaching. Cool. So you got the you got the entire coaching staff as a C, or is that defense just defensive coaching as a C? Um, I just know yeah. That's tough. If you want, you probably could put it at a. You could probably put it at like a B, B minus for overall, and then defensive coaching okay, that's probably nice. around I'm like a low that. C. So with this win against the 49ers, 34-17, I'm not obviously going to over-exaggerate this and say it was a big win, but it feels like a team, especially on the road, that we've just been getting our ass handed to recently. Couldn't stop them on offense. Couldn't get anything – or sorry, couldn't stop them on defense. Couldn't get anything going on offense. So it just feels like a big monkey off the back to beat these guys, even with how depleted they were. So, Stevens, who are your game balls going to? So for this game, uh, for the game balls, honorable mention on offense goes to Aaron Rodgers. I almost picked him, but I couldn't ignore uh, the great game Devontae Adams played, and he is going to get my game ball. He's probably going to get a lot of those this week or this season. Uh, he, he had 10 catches for 173 yards and a touchdown. He had a few chances to maybe get a few more touchdowns, like that play he you know, ended up going out of bounds. Uh, but he, he was lights out again tonight. He's really been special. Then the defensive side of the ball, um, I was having trouble deciding between Preston Smith and Raven Green. Preston really took a step in a step in the right direction, what I expected to see from him last week and did not. Uh, he was effective in, in pass rushing situations. He was winning his one-on-ones. He had two cute quarterback hits. Uh, really a nice game from Preston tonight. But the game ball is going to my my guy, Raven Green. He was, again, a sound tackler, and he had that very good opportunity, and he got that interception I th- about midway through the game. Um, you know, it was tipped up by Preston Smith, and it was just – it fell right into his hands. Uh, but, he, but he caught it and made, made some other nice tackles. Uh, he's, he's not someone who's going to get a lot of game balls, so he, when he has a game like this, you know – Got got to give it to him because he in a limited role, he really was effective tonight, and I'm a big supporter of his, so it was, it was fun to watch. Did uh did Preston deflect that? I thought I, I don't remember directly off the top. I thought he just uh got there to force the bad throw, but did he did he actually get his paw on that? I'm not sure. I'd I have to take a look at it again. I thought he did. Mullins and he just kind of lobbed that up like a little rainbow. Um, I I have to take another look, but yeah, I, I, I do think he got a piece of see, it, especially after last week's performance. That was uh, which you could grade pretty poorly for him. 
with that performance against the Vikings. But, oh, my goodness, the way Devontae Adams gets those hips squared with the defender and then plants that foot and just beats him to the spot, it's disgusting. And, oh, to even try to double him, too, that just opens up the rest of the offense. LaFleur should have a field day with having these weapons he does on offense. But, again, that's against the 49ers team. That, you know, if they would have brought out their debut community college football team and put them in 49ers gears, maybe you wouldn't know the difference. Not trying to be disrespectful of them, but they had just about everyone on their mothers on the IR or just inactive for the game in general. We have any last comments on this Thursday night package 49ers football game? Six and two. Great Sweet. start. All right. Well, that's it. Nah, I got tonight. nothing. Stevens is there right now. Six and two. Six and two. I think it should be seven and one. Uh, but we can't go back and change pass right now. Six and two. Packers move on. Have that little mini buy getting ready for the Jaguars. And we'll get back to you guys later with a Lions Vikings big game, potentially elimination light game preview for them on Sunday. And then the Bears big game against the Titans as well.